Welcome to episode 25 of the 24-Hour Hustle Show, and today we got special guest, founder of Philanthropy LLC, Chalice Henderson. Welcome to the 24-Hour Hustle Show. I'm your host, Anthony Freeze, and this is the show where we get a chance to sit down with accomplished guests, and today we're sitting down with Chalice Henderson, and um, I've seen a lot of the work that you've been doing on social media, a lot of the people that we've been able to connect with on the show you've also been able to work with as well, and uh, you actually got nominated to be on the show. <laughs> um, so, you know, people out there that you've been, you know, serving the community, they recognize your work, and they want to, you know, put you on on this platform because they see what you're doing and uh, I've also been able to see what you do as well mm -hmm. so uh, I'm glad to be able to have you on the show to be able to tell your story talk about your work and uh, connect with some more live so welcome to the show thank you thank you for having me yeah, I'm excited I, to be here I'm, I'm excited too I'm, I'm always excited for these especially with someone of your caliber doing the things that you're doing I'm definitely excited to oh, wow. Get this, definitely excited to get this going. So, for people who don't know who you are, give us your background and uh, what it is that you do. Sure. So, um, hi everyone. I am Chalice Henderson. I am originally from Warrington, North Carolina. Shout mm. out to the county. Um, yeah. Warrington is a very small town, rural community in North Carolina, um, but greatness really comes from Warren County. Okay. And so, I'm excited and proud to be from there. Um, Went to Warren County High School, graduated, then went to college at UNC Charlotte. Go Niners. <laughs> um, and there I studied organizational communication, and I minored in women and gender studies. Mm. And there um, I really learned, you know, who I was and what I was passionate about or thought that I knew who I was and what I was passionate about. Mm. Um, but really had some great experiences there to kind of shape me um, as an adult. And so from UNC Charlotte, I went to grad school at uh, Michigan State, go green. <laughs> and there I studied higher education, student affairs administration. So um, in undergrad, I was very actively involved um, in different organizations on campus, um, student, you're a typical you know, student leader. And so really found a passion for um, working with college students and helping particularly black college students to be successful mm -hmm. um, in school. And so, in school and really out of school. So I love mentoring, working with college students. That's really the group that I um, love the most. Mm -hmm. um, so after graduate school at Michigan State, I um, moved to Baltimore, spent a little bit of time there working with um, college students, moved back home to North Carolina, spent some time there doing the same type of work. Um, in the midst of all of this, I met this very handsome young man, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Braxton Henderson. And so um, he was here in Pittsburgh. I ended up transitioning to Pittsburgh a couple of years ago and have since gotten married and we have a one-year-old son. Um, but my work is still very much grounded in um, service to the community and service to students. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's kind of how how I got here. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, um, take us, you know, a little bit, you know, through your story of what are some of the reasons that inspired you to, you know, get into wanting to serve the youth and getting into being with the community and uh, what were some of those things that made you want to go in that direction uh, as far as your inspiration and maybe even some people that influenced you? Yeah. Um, so, I always give credit to one to God for um, just giving me the vision and the passion to do the type of work that I do, um, and then giving me the parents that I have. Mm -hmm. So 
my parents, my dad is a pastor. People always hear me say this. My dad is a pastor. My mom is a teacher. And Uh, so (laughs) you have community engagement and education right Mm -hmm. there together. And so I was really groomed from birth. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up as a PK. And so um, really groomed from birth on being actively engaged in communities, helping people who um, need support, and really having a strong educational foundation. And so... um, as a, my mom's a retired school teacher, I was a teacher too. So uh, I was the student in her class after school, writing on the chalkboard. I wanted to be a teacher at first when I was younger. Okay, um, taking up after mom? I did. Okay. And then I started working with like middle school kids and elementary kids through um, some programs that we had in our church, and I quickly learned that that was not my age group. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that's good to know. Know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Right. Um, But they really inspired me to really just, like, pour yourself out for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, to have that strong educational foundation. So um, in in high school, they kept me engaged in different things. I was, like, your class president. Okay. Like, a student athlete. A lot of leadership roles. Exactly. Um, And then in college, those things kind of followed me there, too. So, again, being very, very active. um, And then kind of making it easy to transition to a career in higher education. I didn't know that career existed until, you know, I got to college. It really wasn't until my senior year um, where I was trying to figure out, you know, like next steps. Mm. And some of my mentors were like, you should really consider, you know, going to school for higher education or student affairs because Mm. this is what you're already naturally doing. And there's a profession for it. There's literature behind it um, and things that you can learn to, you know, have a greater impact. And so um, went that route. And even though I'm not working um, technically in higher education now, like I said earlier, my um, work is still very much focused on community engagement and higher ed and um, supporting students of color, students in general, really, to um, pursue higher education. And that's just to pursue it, but to have the resources to um, successfully complete it. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Any, like, siblings or anything like that growing up? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to promote the family a little. <laughs> be like, really, Julie? Um, <laughs> so I have two older sisters. Okay. Um, my oldest sister, um, Chandra, she's a principal um, in Memphis. So, again, really just a strong educational foundation in our family. Um, and then my middle sister, she is um, studying film and photography right now. So okay. she's my family photographer. Okay. Family videographer. So, yes, family of creatives and um, entrepreneurs and just great women that I can look up to. Um, mm-hmm. My sisters are definitely my best friends outside of my husband. Okay. So they're going to really be mad that I forgot to <laughs> mention them. I remember. I got, I got, right. y'all, I got y'all covered. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we are like, we compare ourselves to the Joseph sisters from Soul Food. Uh, okay. I mean, like texting all day long if uh, anything happens we all know about it immediately mm-hmm. um, those are my girls so okay. <laughs> yeah so before you actually even started your business for Lanch LLC what did you did you uh, what was your full-time job before you got started in your business sure so um, moved here to Pitt uh, to Pitt to Pittsburgh and I most recently was working at the University of Pittsburgh mm-hmm. um, I worked there in the School of Social Work I served as the um, director of university resources for the Pitt Assisted Communities and Schools program and I love that program. What we did was um, really facilitate resources from the university, this 800-pound gorilla full of resources to the Homewood community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Homewood, uh, I call it a community full of opportunity. And so connected um, Pitt students, financial resources, um, school supplies, you mm-hmm. know, different things like that, research opportunities to Homewood. Um, and so it was really nice to 
one, learn about all that the university had to offer to that community um, mm -hmm. and then be kind of a change agent and get those things um, to that community. And mm -hmm. so still now I'm very much connected to Homewood. I love um, love that community and love working with the schools there. Um, so yeah, that was my, my role before philanthropy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Actually, philanthropy was birthed while I was at Pitt too. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so well, take us through that, you know, that conceptual period when this idea was starting to come into, into fruition. Yeah, so um, in 2011, actually even before I came to Pittsburgh, I started a scholarship foundation. So while I was in graduate school, um, paying my student loans, really, really frustrated mm -hmm. and didn't have a lot of extra income um, and really didn't want other students from my high school to have that same experience that I did. Mm -hmm. um, as I mentioned, like I'm the student leader, I'm a student of color, mm -hmm. I went to a PWI, like... I'm thinking, man, I should have scholarships out the wall. Yeah, know, out like, the wazoo. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, wasn't quite so. Mm. And so um, that made me upset, you know. And so I was like, I, we've got to do something different here. And so I started a scholarship foundation. Um, like I said, when I was in grad school, very little income. Mm -hmm. um, for a whole year, I saved money to give back to another student. Mm -hmm. And the first scholarship was only $250. So it's, it's more than nothing. More Better than anything. Yeah. Right, better than nothing. Um, so started a scholarship foundation. And over the years, we've been able to award over $13,000 in scholarships. Nice. Really through um, grassroots fundraising. Really people from all over the nation who... Mm -hmm donate, never even heard of Warren County, um, but, you know, feel compelled to give back. And to them, I'm always grateful. I always say it's a community of donors. It's mm -hmm. not just myself um, giving, but it's truly a community who makes it possible. Um, so I started a scholarship foundation, and a lot of people were like, you know, how did you do that? I want to do something similar. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great idea. So I was like, okay, well, this could be a potential opportunity to help other people start scholarship foundations. So Philanthropy LLC was birthed. Mm -hmm. um, we started out very um, just narrowly focused on helping other people start scholarship foundations, so offering scholarship consulting. Um, that's a very small niche, right, of <laughs> people who... One, are thinking um, that way about giving. So one saying, I want to start a scholarship foundation, I want to give back. And then two, people who are actually willing to commit to, you know, saving money, sacrificing um, money to give back to other people. So, um, so I launched that officially in June, but kind of publicly made this big announcement in August. And we got a lot of great um, feedback from it. Really, really great response. Um, and so several different conversations again with mentors and just with people about what we're doing and this idea of oh you're like the new face of philanthropy mm -hmm. like you know typically we think about older rich white people being philanthropists but right. you're a philanthropist Chalice and I was yeah. like yeah I am you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I had to go home and study you know what philanthropy really meant mm -hmm. and truly it's the love of mankind right and so um so yeah kind of launching philanthropy, the scholarship consulting, and then growing it into this whole social movement about redefining philanthropy and what philanthropy looks like, um, what philanthropy means, what mm -hmm. it truly is. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of the process. And now we do a little bit of everything. Well, not everything, but we, we do a lot. So we still do the scholarship consulting, um, helping people to establish funds. I'm happy to announce that we've started three additional scholarship funds from nice. our launch. Nice. Um, yes, and I think that's a great win. Um, 
we have our Faces of Philanthropy, you know, series where we talk similar to this one-on-one -on -one with mm -hmm. people who are doing great work in their communities, people who identify as philanthropists. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have our, our campaign, which is really the heart of our work. Again, um, encouraging people that philanthropy is not just about money or status, but is really how you show your love for other people. So mm -hmm. the art of having a heart for other people. Yeah, you know? and, I, and I love the fact that you're you're working towards redefining that the uh, with philanthropy is and what people think it is in their minds to so like to your point that they, they think of you know old rich white men and right. you know and having this status of just money and everything like that but in, in actuality it's more than that it has a lot to do with your heart and how you act and conduct yourself uh and with your your characteristics and how you just have a a, a giving heart for mm -hmm. and have a heart for other people mm -hmm. and uh i just really love i i really love the idea um i really love that you have this campaign going on and you're really pushing that message out there uh, especially to young people of color because sometimes, like you said, um, you know, they think of oh, white, white, white uh, rich men, mm -hmm. but it's like you can be a philanthropist too. Exactly. Um, so I, I love the message that, you know, you're, you're working to put out there and um, just seeing it, you know, continue to, to develop is definitely going to be great to see. Um, so whenever you started... Um, to even you know start this what would you say is like some of the initial challenges that you face even getting this up off the ground because a lot of people want to start a lot of different things maybe they want to start a scholarship fund or maybe they want to start a business or what have you yeah. what were some of the initial challenges you would say you faced in the beginning and what did you do to overcome those um, I think one of the biggest challenges that I'm probably still facing is understanding my value mm -hmm. and the value that I bring to other people mm -hmm. um, and just really the purpose behind the business. So I call it a social venture, a social enterprise. Um, and so really understanding, you know, how do I offer my service to something, services for something that is philanthropic in nature. Mm -hmm. um, so as a business, you know, you expect to get paid for your services. Uh -huh. um, but also, I want it to be accessible and so to really allow people to give back. So I don't want to be another um, hindrance or hurdle for people to cross before they can give back. Um, so really understanding, one, the value that I'm able to bring to people, um, bring to their lives as philanthropists mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> I, remember, I remember very vividly having these tough conversations with one of my mentors and he was like you're not a business like you're a charity right now mm. you're paying people to be philanthropists mm -hmm. and like that hurt yeah <laughs> was like, that was probably a nice little kick in the butt though oh yeah I shed some tears I'm like okay like when he broke me he was like you're paying people to be your customer and that was like okay I got to do something different here. Um, and so, again, not losing who I am um, with being this, again, nice person, you know, warm-hearted, wanting to see everybody succeed and take advantage of the um, services and the opportunities, but also understanding, you know, part of being a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really kind of growing into that identity as a businesswoman. Um, and so... That, yeah, definitely one of the biggest challenges, understanding my worth, um, the value that I bring to other people, the value that Philanthropy LLC brings to other people. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it, it's a very small investment, um, but you get started now, you're a philanthropist for the rest of your life. So I'm, I'm very confident in saying 
I started with $250, like mm -hmm. awarding a $250 scholarship. Mm -hmm. Last year, we awarded two $5,000 scholarships. Mm -hmm. And so I'm 29 right now. Yeah. So when I'm 69 and our scholarships are growing, our impact is growing, we'll be able to tell this story like, no, you know, you launched your legacy while you were alive um, and now, you mm -hmm. know, instead of waiting until you're dead or till you're that old, right. more wealthy person. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. what would you say um, you did to... A new battery. So we're grabbing batteries right now, just in case we do keep this because stuff happens on the set. Right. Uh, which camera went out? This one. Grab this whole bag. Uh, okay. I was gonna say you could probably walk on yeah, if you wanted to. Okay so far? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, good. it's all good so far. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with anything you're doing. <laughs> he says... No, no, you just keep that going. <clears throat> Actually, you can uh, stop it and start it. I was wondering why you kept looking over there. I was like, am I yeah. getting off topic? No, like, no, no. Am I answering the question? No, no, no. Because I saw, because he had, a, well, this is the first time I've seen him like have that look on his face. I was like, what's going on back there? Oh, there? I got you. <laughs> yeah, because it was, because uh, normally I have a battery close to me and I can just switch it and it's seamless and you, you guys don't really notice that I have to do it but right. this time I forgot the bag was over there and I was like I'm not going to be able to get this bag uh, I was going to say I mean you can just grab it if you need to yeah well <coughs> I was going to try and climb up over those but it's uh, not going to work right. it's not gonna that's, so, that's what I was looking at like <laughs> seeing him trying to think of like what he's doing to try to get that battery <laughs> I thought you were giving signs like no, no. <laughs> get her out of here. Right now. <laughs> I was like, this is the first time here. this has happened. I, okay. I thought about crawling over here underneath the camera and mm. I was like, she's oh, gonna you be really weirded out if right. I <laughs> You're like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> I would have just been like Rob is uh, trying to get a battery. Um <laughs> but uh real creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'm just gonna we're just gonna cut. That's right. probably bad. <laughs> I'm just, I'm actually still thinking a way to try to keep this. Like I want to try to keep this somehow because this is the type of stuff that happens. I mean, this right. is, this is real, real stories, real struggle, you know, real hustle. So you know, if you want to start a podcast or a video podcast, these are the things that happen, ladies and gentlemen. Make so uh, make sure, and this is a little bit my fault too because I got to make sure the batteries are charged. So <laughs> so uh, we good. All right. To be honest with you, I, we may keep that. So. Um, Cause this is real. This is super real. Super real. Um, so yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> but um, so yeah, just uh, hmm, what were we my talking challenge, about? The challenge. challenge okay, yes. and okay. So yeah, so we could get back to that. Yeah, we're definitely keeping all that in there. Um, so how did you overcome all that? Um, trying to get back on track. How did? So how did you? Would you say? you overcame all of that, um, you know, with going through those challenges because, you know, a lot of people would have called it quits. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> so one, seeking feedback. Um, again, you know, still, so the, the I guess the benefit of, of having great mentors is having people who are willing to be honest with you, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I respect that particular person so much because he was able to say, like, you're paying your people to do this for you. Mm -hmm. um, they're not paying you, you know? You're in the negative. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> one, having a strong mentor to kind of give you that honest feedback. And then not being being able to kind of go back to that person. So, okay, 
you hit me hard with that. Now, what are some steps that I can do or what advice do you have to kind of get me over that? Right. Um, so seeking really good feedback from a variety of people, um, people with different perspectives and different feedback, different points of view to, to offer their support as well. Praying, like, mm. okay, Lord, I know you gave me this vision. I know you gave this business to me. I wouldn't be doing this otherwise. Right. Um, how do I make this work? And I did. I had one of those very real conversations with God, and he was like, well, how did you do it? You know, clear as day. And so um, how did I start my scholarship fund? Mm -hmm. And so um, listening to that, again, with the feedback, coupling it with the feedback and just kind of making necessary changes, but again, staying true to who I am, not only as a businesswoman, but as, you know, a philanthropist and as a person who really has a heart for other people. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to see people be successful and take advantage of the services that we have to offer. Right. Um, and like I said, I don't want to be a hurdle to, you know, giving back. So. Right. So talk, talk about a little bit about the mentorship that you've been getting. I mean, because that's one of the big things in starting anything, having somebody that has been in life where you want to be yeah. or at least has the wisdom and the knowledge to kind of guide you and direct you to the, you know, get through that minefield. How are you able to connect with some of the people that have mentored you or some of the people that influenced you to kind of guide you on your path right now? Wow. So I've had some great mentors from, I mean, high school on, but my, like, really um, influential mentors have been Dr. Clyde Wilson. Hey, Clyde. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and his Shout wife, out. Crystal. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. At UNC Charlotte. Um, <clears throat> at Michigan State, Mr. Fred and Dr. June. Mm -hmm. Like, here, Dr. Wallace is one of my great mentors. Um, really just people who, again, like you said, like they are either where you are or they want to see you get there or they can see something in you. Um, mm. And so in undergrad, like, I didn't know. You know, one, I just didn't know a lot about different things. Um, I didn't know about the inf influence of being involved in campus organizations, what they could have, where they could take you. Um, but being connected to people who saw the potential in me mm -hmm. um, and who still see potential in me, who are willing to invest their time, their energy, um, their harsh words, mm -hmm. their love, you know, the meals when you need them. And one, like just being, so your question was, how do you connect with these people? <coughs> being open to connecting with them mm -hmm. and really seeking that out. Um, so I'm a very familial person so I love being around family oriented love mm -hmm. being around my family and appreciate um, the guidance of el our elders mm -hmm. um, so I intentionally seek to be in communities where um, there are strong elders or strong people who can offer that support and when I see them I'm like putting myself out there so I want to connect with you can mm -hmm. we meet can we have lunch or something and this is what I'm thinking um, what do you think about this, you mm -hmm. know, and what support or what advice do you have? Um, right. And not just what support, but, you know, how can I help you as well? So how can I learn from you um, or help the work that you're doing to kind of learn skills, learn things that I can then take to my own um, projects as well? So. Right. Mentorship is definitely highly important. I, I highly recommend. I mean, you can even think of somebody like a like a Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. You would think like, oh, he knows it all. He has it all down packed. He has it figured out. But his mentor is Warren Buffett. Mm. So even the, even at that status, yeah. like even people like that still need a mentor. Yeah. And mentorship is highly important. I always recommend people try to find uh, a mentor either in their area or find somebody that um, they really like to read up on. Mm -hmm. And they may not be a mentor 
in the physical sense, but you can read all the material. Maybe they have stuff online. Maybe they have courses that you could go to. Mm-hmm. I know I utilize those those a lot mm-hmm. uh, as far as books that I read and uh, some people that I associate with that I feel like is kind of on the same uh, mindset and yeah. we have a lot of things in common um, where we can kind of bounce ideas off each other and uh, kind of grow in the same way. Um, it, it's just extremely important to have because trying to do it on your own is extremely difficult to do. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like it's a waste of energy trying yeah. to do things on your own because now there is just like free information available <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're attached to our cell phones, um, mm-hmm. but on our phones, like you've got podcasts, you've got blogs, you've got free books. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there is just a wealth of information available um, that you can take advantage of. And mm-hmm. so why not, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and also on top of that, I mean, the resources are out there. I mean, it's almost like we we have all the tools, but we also have people that are experienced on knowing how to use those tools. So being able to connect those two together, yes, we have the tools, we have the resources, but if you have the tools and don't know how to use them, you're you're still lost. So, you know, having somebody that knows how to do it, that is experienced, that can kind of, you know, guide you, I feel like is always highly beneficial. So for you to be able to have those things in your life has definitely been a blessing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I've been able to have the same thing with the success that I've had as well and uh, and, you know, and all the collaborations we've been able to have mm-hmm. um, you know the success of the show is not solely just based off what I've been able to do right. it's definitely been a huge collective effort uh, and it's probably one of the greatest experiences that I've had up until this point yeah. um, so you know take us a little bit to um, what, what's the big thing that you are looking to see uh, Philanthropy LLC to be like what's the big mission what's the big goal um, that you would love to see you know see through happen see happen yeah so our vision is to really change the face of philanthropy um, and our mission is to inspire and empower individual philanthropy and so our goal is to do just that so one when you think about philanthropy you don't initially just imagine old rich white people Mm -hmm. you think about diverse people Mm -hmm. so young old black asian white whatever Mm -hmm. you think about people in general right um and then when you think about philanthropy it's not necessarily just associated with money like Mm. it is now so i hate seeing those top 50 philanthropists and they're all these like billionaires you know there are no people of color there might be one asian woman right that's it right and that you know is not what philanthropy is so one big goal is just just to debunk the way that people think about philanthropy, um, to inspire and empower individual philanthropy. So one, inspire, um, to show people that yes, you can be a philanthropist. Um, mm-hmm. You are a philanthropist. Mm-hmm. Look at what you do every day. People are already doing stuff, but kind of owning that identity. And I think that there's a certain kind of power in mm-hmm. being able to say, I'm a philanthropist. I have a heart for other people. Um, and proudly saying that and then actually doing it on a daily basis. Um, and then empowering, so not just being inspirational and saying, hey, you know, you can go do it, but actually helping people, giving them the tools to um, be successful philanthropists. So if you want to start a scholarship, using us um, as a way to give back to launch your legacy mm-hmm. um, and providing very hands-on, very practical resources, things that I've learned over the past five years mm-hmm. that like, oh my gosh, things could have been could have been so much easier yeah. had I known this um that's really what we want to do and that's really that's all that we are um mm-hmm. so everything that we do um relates back to that really just changing the face being um intentional on inspiring people but also equipping them with the resources to to do good work mm-hmm. now do you do this full-time 
So <laughs> this is like, yes. I, I always like to ask because it's an interesting thing because a lot of people like us, I mean, we work part-time jobs. This isn't all we do. Yeah. Um, but we're trying to get to the point where this is what we do full-time. So I always ask that question because if you are doing your business full-time, it's like, how did you get to that point? We definitely want to know. Yeah. Uh, and if not, no big deal. You're still balancing it. And how are you balancing it? So Yeah. I just had this conversation on this past Sunday, actually. So... I do this full-time, but on a part-time status. Okay. So I'm a full-time mom. Okay. So by day, I'm mommy mode all oh. the time. Um, Silas is my chief baby officer. Okay. So <laughs> um, he's my top priority. And I always tell people um, I'm a wife first, I'm a mother first, second, and then I'm a businesswoman, philanthropist, or whatever. Everything else comes after those two things. Mm-hmm. So yes and no. Um, I How did I get to this point? So I was at Pitt. I got pregnant, had the baby, and um, went back to Pitt uh, after my maternity leave, went back part-time, and really just learned, like, I love being a mother, and mm-hmm. I don't necessarily um, love being away from him if I don't necessarily have to be, mm-hmm. um, and if I'm not doing something that I'm, like, 100, 150%, like, mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this philanthropy stuff. I could do it at any hour of the night. Uh-huh. Other stuff, you know, I could do between decent hours. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how I gauge, like, my interest in things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up transitioning from Pitt and staying at home with the baby, so full-time. So full-time mom, mompreneur. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you balance those two things? You know, for someone, you know, take us, you know, through the female perspective of trying to balance both of these. How okay. is it going uh, for you and your perspective? Yeah, Um it is it's a lot so that's probably another challenge as well um being able to dedicate as much time that needs or that could be dedicated to it um to the project so Mm -hmm. like i said priorities are wife husband baby child you know um during the day i try not to be like on my phone a lot in front of him so i could likely miss out on a lot of opportunities or like even meetings things like that you know you got to get a babysitter or bring Mm -hmm. the baby along Mm -hmm. um and that presents challenges in itself as well so a lot of my work is done after bedtime Mm -hmm. you know um a lot of meetings are on the phone and so i'm sure that has an influence on um some outcomes you know not being able to be at every event or um have meetings, you know, in person all of the time. Um, evening meetings are preferred for me, you know, once my husband is back home from work. And his schedule is, like, crazy, too, because he's a resident. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so there are, you know, just things that you kind of have to deal with and have to learn, but also not losing, you know, your passions as well. And mm-hmm. so um, I love, I applaud people who are full-time moms, and that's all they do mm-hmm. um, because it's a full-time job. And I don't even like the term, like, full-time mom. I think if you work, you're a full-time mom, too, um, but stay-at-home moms. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, yeah, just kind of. I've learned to like be flexible and I tell people up front like I have a one year old son. Um, you might hear him in the background. Mm-hmm. He might be at this event with me. <laughs> he was at one that, he was at a recent event and I'm like, you know, he's just here because uh-huh. it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. he's the top priority. So, um yeah, I think that women business owners, we're like the bomb dot com. Oh yeah. We do a lot. Oh yeah. You know, like we do a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we wear our cape all the time. Mm-hmm. I have it on right now. You just have to see it, like. <laughs> absolutely. We got a lot of things going on in this episode. This is so fun. I know, right? This is absolutely crazy that everything in this episode is just happening. All right, we're just gonna quit that. Um, this is wow. 
First time ever. First time ever for everything, I guess. Um, so yeah, what I was actually gonna ask before that pop up came up, um, what is um, the best experience you would say you've gotten out of these past five years of doing your philanthropy and holding your foundation and doing the scholarship thing? What was probably the best experience you got out of the things that you're doing? Um, so two things. One, every time we award a scholarship, um, I try my very best to be there to present it. I think I've missed one time, and mm-hmm. so. That is like makes it worth it. So when you can go and award the scholarship, whether it's two hundred and fifty dollars or five thousand dollars or a thousand dollars, like seeing the excitement on the students' faces and their parents' faces mm-hmm. just make my heart like overflow. Um, and they remind me every that reminds me every time like why you do it, you know, why you hustle for fundraising or why you you know stay on them about getting their application materials in, whatever. Um, seeing the impact that you have on the student's life. And one student in particular wrote me, she said that we were the first scholarship that she received. And she's a first generation student, so receiving her first scholarship made going to college a reality for her. Mm -hmm. Because it was like, oh, somebody actually believes in me. And the second thing is, well, before I go on, so my scholarship in particular, awards or support students who are actively involved in um, their local community, their school community, and their church community. Mm -hmm. And so her story meant a lot to me because um, like growing up in church, a lot of times it's not very popular to be like the church kid, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Church is now becoming a little bit more popular, a little bit more welcoming, but people typically like shy away from that identity. And so I was very intentional um, in starting a scholarship that reflected who I am and my values Um, and so hearing from her like you know your scholarship really spoke to me as an individual I was able to kind of write about and display and be proud of that part of my identity Mm -hmm. um, really made an impact on me and so that's always the most rewarding part for me is meeting the students learning about them and then I tell them like you're getting this money the scholarship will be gone in the semester Mm -hmm. but what you're really getting is like a mentor from me so I Mm -hmm. harass them like how are you doing? Yeah. You know, what are you involved in? I keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's always very rewarding. The second thing with the business piece is hearing the stories of people who want to start scholarships. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very particular about the people that I work with and anything that I do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just because you say I want to start a scholarship, you might not start one through us. Right. Um, I want to know what your scholarship philosophy is. So why do you want to start a scholarship? Who do you want to serve in your scholarship foundation? And um, through these conversations with people, you learn about their heart, you learn more about who they are, and three out of three, all of them start scholarships for students who look like them or who reflect them. So, you know, someone, one of my favorite stories is she started a scholarship, she had a child in college. Hey, Kristen. Um, (laughs) She had a child in college, and now she has a scholarship foundation to support students who are student mothers. So again, you know, being that resource for this next generation of people who look like you, who identify the same way as you do. And that's that's super rewarding to me. I love hearing the stories. I mm-hmm. love um, learning about why people want to give back and why you want to fundraise for, you know, on the behalf of somebody else. It's not something that we take lightly um, or something that anybody should take lightly. You know, it's more than a dollar amount, but it's really investing in the student um, wholeheartedly. So mm-hmm. that's that's really... I think how we're different from 
any other foundation who awards money, you know, um, particularly, yeah, foundations that are, you know, larger or white heavy. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, um, because you can just write a check and be very disconnected from the community. But I think that it says a lot when you are intentional on, you know, who you want to serve and how you serve them and you're dedicating funds to it. Mm -hmm. so. so for anybody that wants to be a philanthropist and, you know, get into business and, and, and start up something, mm -hmm. through your experience that you've had, what would you say is maybe some of the best advice you would give to someone like that? Um, advice from my perspective? Mm -hmm. My advice, I would say, you know, know who you are, what you want to do, and why you want to do it. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking about a particular book that we read. Um, it's called The Shape Book. And so knowing what your gifts are, knowing what your heart, what makes your heart full, what makes you excited, knowing what your abilities are and your passions and how have your you know previous experiences shaped who you are. Mm -hmm. um, that was probably one of the most influential um, books or studies that I did because it really helped me to kind of identify all of those things and then be able to communicate about it to make it into an effective business or into a business model. Um, and so I think that whatever we do, whatever business you do, whatever nonprofit you do, um, whatever project you have, it should totally reflect who you are mm -hmm. um, because that's the only way that it'll, it'll be successful, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not invested into it or if you um, don't identify with it personally, you're probably not going to make it right. because you're going to get burnt out or you're going to get bored with it or, you know, you're going to lose focus, going to lose interest in it. Um, so really take time to understand who you are, which, what makes your heart happy, what are you good at, and then how can you create that into an organization or into a business. Mm. One of the common threads that I've found in doing this show and asking that question to multiple people now, one of the common threads is having it be authentic to mm -hmm. who you are. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that's definitely true. I mean, because if it's if it's not who you are, if it's not something that you identify with or it's not your strength or your, not your passion, mm -hmm. it's something that you're not going to be able to see whenever you go through any challenge times or yeah. some or any of the struggles or anything like that because you'll quickly learn and find out you're going to go through some roadblocks. Yeah. You're going to go through some challenges. Yep. And if it's not something that you love, if you don't love the process, you're not going to make it. Right. Um, uh, and I, I can definitely see that in what you do and, what, and how... Um, you've been able to identify what your passion is and be able to connect it. And just in hearing your story from, you know, your parents, uh, you know, one being a preacher and a teacher and, your, and how that connects to how it's developed, you are, how you are in your mindset yeah. and having your passion for education and starting a scholarship, yeah. it all makes sense right. um, in the end. And, and you're doing it. So you're doing what you're passionate about. Yep. Um, so I think that's great. And uh, when people can find that place where they can connect with whatever it is they're passionate about they can get through anything yeah um so I, um that I, I feel like that's great um just just knowing who you are um and then just getting close to wrapping up what would you say is the legacy that you're looking to lay down and then also if there's something that we did, maybe didn't touch on that you want to talk about that you really want to you know maybe promote or a message that you'd like to share um what would that be that you know that you would want to talk about because right now the platform platform is, is all yours. <laughs> the floor is yours. Um, how much time do I have? No, I'm just <laughs> um, Like so. one minute. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so the first part was what legacy do I want to leave? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that 
I'm I'm in my legacy right now, right? Um, I already have a child, so my child mm -hmm. is learning from me, and he's seeing the ethic, work ethic that um, my husband and I have, and just you know what our passions are and what drives us, what we're really into. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the legacy that I want to leave. You know that I want to have right now is being a person. When I walk into a door, people know what I'm about. They know um, the type of person that I am. They know. Um, the value again that I can bring to them or to a community. Um, I really think of myself as not only a change agent because I think that word is something that's kind of overused. Mm -hmm. Like we all are change agents. Yeah. Like, but really being a person who can bring value or significant value to um, to a community, and that's what I hope to do. So, as I think about previous jobs or you know, look at old pictures on time hop or something. I'm like, mm. oh, you know, like this is a legacy that I left at this school or on this organization. Um, and that's that's my goal is to really have a significant impact and not for me, like I have to say this because it's, it's on the tip of my tongue, like not for my glory, but for God's glory so that he will definitely get um, the honor out of whatever that we do. Mm -hmm. um, things that I want to promote or leave with the audience. One, just, you can do it. Like, you can be a philanthropist. Um, that's the number one excuse that I hear from people. It's like, oh, I'll do it when I finish paying off my student loans. Who knows when that'll be? Like, right. yeah. <laughs> I'll do it when I get a different job. Like, we're doing pretty well. I mean, like, our community of young professionals, we're really doing well for ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that sometimes we can be a little selfish. So, mm -hmm. you know, don't be selfish. Um, give back. Sacrifice is so, so, so worth it. And it might not be in a scholarship. I get that. Um, it could be, you know, serving regularly, having a mentor, mentee. Um, giving to whatever fund or whatever nonprofit, whoever, but finding something that you can really invest in and leave your mark as well. Mm. Um, check out Faces of Philanthropy, Redefine Philanthropy campaign. Um, visit our website, redefinephilanthropy.org. We have um, a number of things on there. So if you want to start a scholarship, definitely contact us. It's a great, great, great way to give back. And this is free. I always tell people, um, start manageable. Like you don't have to start big. You don't have to give out a $10,000 scholarship, but really, you know, start with what you can manage and let it grow over time. Um, our uh, Redefine Philanthropy campaign, you can go online, you can share your story. So I know that you're doing great work. Mm -hmm. I know that we know a lot of people who are doing great work who need to be highlighted as well, or mm -hmm. their work needs to be highlighted. Go to our website, share your story with us. We have cute t-shirts um, <laughs> that you can purchase as well. And everything that we do um, supports our scholarship foundation, supports other nonprofits as well. So that's really, that's mm. that's me and that's yeah. the philanthropy campaign. Awesome. <laughs> One of the biggest things that you hit on that I would say is just having a heart to give yeah. to others. And one of the quotes that I live by a lot is... Um, uh, by Zig Ziglar, mm -hmm. and he says, and I've said this multiple times on the show because I highly believe in it, mm -hmm. is if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get everything that you want. Yep. So if you are a type of person that you're able to put other people first um, and just be able to add value to them, have a caring heart, and just, you know, just being able to look at someone and be able to 
see greater things in them and be able to help them accomplish those things Um, and not even necessarily uh, expect anything in return but just in that natural giving to other people the people that you give to if they also have a good heart they're naturally naturally look screwing up that word naturally yeah. automatically are going to want to help you too right um and uh and I, I just think that's one of the biggest things uh also people struggle with too just feeling like um they can't necessarily give to someone but i just feel like just just give to people that you feel like you're, you're able to have a connection with and also people that are gonna you know move forward and actually do positive things mm-hmm. um and i i just feel like uh you know the growth of that is going to be tremendous you know with anything that you do when you're just giving other people yeah i mean what you said was key so it's about your heart mm-hmm. so again you can have a ton of money give but if you're not connected to it or if your heart's not in the right place then what good have you done you know um and i think that people people can feel that and they can sense that if you're coming to serve and you have a nasty attitude or you're like i'm just here because it's a requirement right are you really making a difference there right you know or long-term difference Mm -hmm. um and i think that's something that we should all consider too like what impact or what influence am i making on this one person or on this community um on this space that i'm currently in like am i having an influence Mm -hmm. a positive influence and then if you're not, then, you know, thinking about how you can or what should you be doing differently to have that influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that if I'm ever in a space or in a job situation or something where I'm like, I'm not at my best right now, like, mm, I'm not giving off a great vibe, then I need to do something different. And I've had to have those tough conversations, like, with myself, um, with, you know, my husband, like, this is not working out. Can I do something different? Mm-hmm. And... Um, been able to, you know, maneuver into different situations where you can, where my heart can be happy, where mm. I can really fully um, feel like I'm fl- flourishing and doing really great work. Um, and so I think that's important for people to understand and know too, like, it's not always as pretty as we make it sound. Mm-hmm. Like, my story sounds beautiful right now, especially as I told, you know, from birth on, but in those different places, there have always been like challenging situations or transitions that I had to make um, and you know just being willing to say like it's not worth it or or I'm worth it to mm-hmm. do it so mm-hmm. and then also another thing that I probably want to promote that you're also doing um, the faces of philanthropy thing that you're doing the series that you're coming out with yes. um, that you're doing I believe you say you're doing that on a monthly basis yes, yes. I, I can't I that's what I'm excited about <laughs> I can't wait to see those roll out more yes um, that's I love the fact that you're doing that and uh, you know promoting other people and putting yes. them on your platform and that goes back to you know adding value to other people and giving them a place to be able to share their work share who they are right. and uh, be able to connect with a, a whole new audience right. so I love that I, I love that we're similar that we're doing similar things yes and yes. Um, so so real quick before we even get to wrapping up so mm-hmm. um, how often is that looking to you know come out what's the goal for that and uh, how can people actually see that Yes. So Faces of Philanthropy, it is a mini series. It's hosted on YouTube. And the goal, again, is to have these casual yet fun and intellectual conversations with um, philanthropists, with young people who identify as philanthropists. And the goal is, again, to debunk the stigmas and the stereotypes of what philanthropy is. So I'm like, if this is how we associate or this is what we associate philanthropy with, Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring in 
a prototype of what philanthropy is yeah. so we can see it physically here. We can talk to them and learn about what their art of philanthropy is. Um, so those are on YouTube. They're also on our website. You can go to our website, click the YouTube icon, and they'll take you right there. Um, the series are also hosted on our website, so you can just look at them there. Um, if people want to be on it, because we're always looking for great people who are doing work, I, whenever I have a conversation, I tell people, I don't know everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know everybody. But <laughs> if you know somebody who should be on the show, contact me and let me know. Um, but a great way to do that is to share your story on our website. And I'll read the stories. I'm like, oh, this is somebody that we probably want to interview for mm -hmm. um, the Faces of Philanthropy series. So those are, like you said, yeah, once a month um, right now. And, yeah, they're yeah, awesome. on YouTube. <laughs> awesome. Like I said, I can't wait for those to roll out. And then uh, last question, just to wrap up. Uh -huh. um, we are doing a 24-hour challenge here. So, you know, for anybody that may have felt inspired or motivated by something that you said or connected with your story, um, what's a challenge that you would propose to actually get them into the action mode and they have 24 hours to actually accomplish that. So what's a, it can be as simple as, simple as uh, writing a goal down or you know maybe going to a networking event. So anywhere between those, what's a challenge that you would propose for people to do? In the next 24 hours, I want you to go home and look at your budget. So mm. look at your account, look at your monthly budget and see what you're spending. Um, what you're spending it on mm -hmm. and how you could potentially be giving something to either a nonprofit, to your own scholarship organization, um, to a cause that matters to you. So go home, look at what you're spending, how many times you're eating out, how much coffee you're drinking. Mm -hmm. um, the average textbook I think is like $85. Mm -hmm. So could you sacrifice $85 a month or $85 a year I mean you know what could you sacrifice out of your account to help another student or to help somebody else um, think about that write it down email me and then tell me that you're ready to start a fund and we'll help you with the next steps there that's but. awesome well, <laughs> well I hope um, somebody accepts that challenge and uh, sends you that email and definitely, yes. and definitely <laughs> let us know how that goes because even if just one person does that like that would be hugely impactful. Yes. Um, and then that also is a great indicator for all of us to let us know that we impacted somebody and, exactly. and somebody's out there yes. watching. So yep. Yep. Um, that's a great feeling. So I definitely appreciate you for Thank being you on so the much. show. <laughs> um, we definitely got to do this again in the future um, and because I feel like you're definitely going to be doing a lot of big things. And I, I definitely want to be able to recap on all the things that you've been able to accomplish yeah. you know from this point and then to the future so i'm gonna bring that person with me the next time okay yeah. oh yeah that'll, yeah. that'll be awesome starts fun okay challenge yeah that, that would be awesome <laughs> that would be awesome so uh yeah that'll definitely be good so now that we know what chalice does with her 24 hours i definitely want to know what you do with your 24 hours definitely accept that challenge and if you do accept that challenge definitely comment down below make sure you subscribe turn on notifications and we will see you on the next episode.